All right, Jebosai, good morning, good morning. Let us, let us begin. Baruch Hashem, an incredible zuchos. To continue. What? Whoa. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. How about a please? How about a good morning? Something. Something. Wow. Okay. A tough crowd. Okay. The microphone is coming. I know, so good morning, good morning. I'll speak loud until we get to Marshall, thank you. <clears throat> good morning, a great Baruch Hashem to be able to again begin another week of Bab Metziah. Well, it's actually not another week, a new week of Bab Metziah together. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Adr, Adr Aleph, Mrs. Selma Wolf, with, for dedicating all the Shuman Joshals this month, with immense gratitude for the refuels from Hashem, and the merit of a refuel for all of those in need, and the schus of our brave soldiers, and the merit Hashem, the return of each and every one of our hostages. The Schwartzbaum family, memory of Rabbi Aaron Schwartzbaum, Aaron Yosef Ben Meir, Zichor Levracha, and the Ziv Levine and Berman families. Memory of William Ziv, Zev Shmuel Ben Yisrael, Zichron Levracha. Our week of learning sponsor, Steve Galaskov, in honor of the bris of his grandson, Nachum David Ben Elio Barach Halevi. Actually, Steve is joining us on Zoom in, uh, in Newark Airport. And merit Hashem on his, I mean, he's, not just for fun. I'm saying he's not just going there for the day. He's, he's on his way back, on his way back from Eretz Yisrael, joining us, Baruch Hashem. And our Dathyomi pastries today, sponsored by Matt and Diane Marks, in memory of the art side of Matt's father. Matt, did you hear that? Okay, so I make sure. Okay, good. So I just want to make sure we're good. Anyway, so again, Ayashakach to all of our sponsors, all of the Neshama, Shav, and Aliyah, the families, Ein Nechama. And the Mirat Hashem, all of our children and grandchildren should grow up in the ways of Yaakov Saba Kadisha. But say, Mirat Hashem, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. Today, Baruch Hashem, is Daf Dalit. Daf Dalit, we are picking up on Gimel on the Bays. We left off with. Where do we leave off? Ten lines up? Amar Rabbi Meir. Amar Rabbi Meir. And have you saw that one? Yes. Really? We didn't get past that? Asham, yeah, Asham, yeah, I knew that. Asham, right? Asham, I knew Carbon. Good. So I'll say, so remember again, you guys pass. I, I, don't, don't take it. You know what? When I finish, when I actually finish, like a whole blot of Gemara, don't, don't rob me of that victory. But I'll say, so remember again, just to orient ourselves a little bit. So if you remember again, we were speaking about the concept of Rabbi Chia. Right? The entire Amit Beis was devoted to the statement of Rabbi Chia. Let's, let's just review for a moment. What did Rabbi Chia say? So Rabbi Chia said, Remember again, Rabbi Chia had this case where Reuven says to Shimon, you owe me, you owe me a hundred Zuz. Shimon says, I owe you absolutely nothing. I owe you nothing. And then Edim come along and say that no, Shimon, you owe... Ruvain, 50 Zuz. Okay, so that was the case. Rabbi Chia wanted to say that in that case, the is that Shimon obviously has to pay the 50 Zuz that the Edim testified on, and then he has to take a Shavua on the rest. By Shavua on the rest. Why? So what was Rabbi Chia's Lashen? Because essentially what Rabbi Chia says is like this. Because your own admission should be no stronger than testifying of, than testimony of witnesses. What was Rabbi Chia saying? Rabbi Chia saying was like this. It's kind of the Maudim Mitzas. What's Maudim Mitzas? We're going to spend significant time on this. Maudim Mitzas means, right, Ruben goes over to Shimon, says, you owe me a thousand dollars. Shimon says, they only owe you five hundred. What's Allah Maudim Mitzas? He paid the amount that you admitted to, and then you have to take a Shavua on the rest. Rabbi Chia essentially wants to say that witnesses, testimony should be no less than Maudim Mitzas. So in the same way, when there's a partial admission, that partial admission makes you swear on the rest. So too, when there's quote-unquote partial testimony. Right? So in this case over here, the witnesses are saying that Shimon owes, owes half. So that partial testimony should require Shimon to have to swear on the rest. And again, Rabbi Chia says, this is based on a Kavah Chomer. So we spent time yesterday trying to figure out what this is. But now with the Gemara, we'll say now the process that the Gemara is going through is showing that one second... There's not really a connection. In other words, one's own personal admission versus testimony are not really the same things. They're fundamentally and halachically different. So we'll say, so that's where I'm picking up over here. So the Gemara says, So remember again, one could become Chayib and Asham 
right, through their own admission. Their own admission, to which the Gemara says, you're right, Asham Hainu Karban. Elamalapiv, Shekem Achayv Chomesh. So we'll say, so remember again, what's Talacha? Through your own admission, you could be Chayv Chomesh. Let's remember, well, remember we had this, we spent a lot of time Baba Khan in this case, right? I swear, I swear that I did not steal something, then I admit that in fact, I, then I admit that I swore falsely. So let's Talacha, Chayv, three, three things. Right, number one, Karen, number two, Chomesh, number three, Asham. Right, so again, through my own admission, I could be Chayiv, Asham, but yet again, sorry, Chomesh, but yet again, you're not Chayiv, Chomesh, to Edim. So Rabbi Meir, So ultimately, again, I will say, just like Rabbi Meir held that we saw yesterday that that Eden could ultimately make you chayiv in a carbon from a kavachomer, they certainly can make you chayiv in a chomish from a kavachomer as well. Fine. Alamalabiv, she'ina ba'achasha, ba'azama, tomar be'edim she'ina ba'achasha azama. So remember, all we're trying to do right now, all we're trying to do right now is poke a hole in Rabbi Chia's argument. That, that's all we're trying to write. Rabbi Chia's entire argument is predicated on the idea that your own personal admission should be no stronger than Edim. And therefore, if personal admission of half of the claim generates a shivua on the rest of the claim, so so to, again, testimony on part of the claim should also go ahead and generate a shivua for this. I'll just point out over here that what we're doing over here in the Gemara is generally something you should try to avoid in the rest of life. Meaning what? So what the Gemara is doing over here is the Gemara is putting all of its efforts in deflating the argument of one party. In general, in life, there are two ways in which you could go ahead and solidify your argument, right? Either poke holes in everyone else's, or at the end of the day, build yourself up enough. Right? Build yourself up enough that your arguments, your hashkafas, your ideals stand on it. You see this all the time in life, that people like to define themselves by what they're not. What they're not, right? So you see this even in the realm of hashkafa. I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this. That's all fine. But instead of defining yourself by what you're not, there's something even better. Define yourself by what you are. Who, who are you? Don't create an identity that is, that is established by deflating the ideals or the hashkafas of others, but rather go ahead and create an identity that is built on a positive definitional conception of who and what you are. Okay, that being said, sometimes if an idea is fundamentally flawed, you do have to take the time to deconstruct it. But again, that's, that, that's more episodic, but the major goal is never define yourself by deflating others, define yourself ultimately again by building a positive, strong sense of self and a strong identity. Okay, maybe. back to the Gemara. So we'll say, but yet with all that, we are trying to disprove Rabbi Chia. Like, the Gemara doesn't like this, doesn't like this equating between Piv, right? One owns personal admission and Edo. So the Gemara goes on. Also, again, the notebooks are here. I think we also do have more. And again, so again, thank you to Rabbi I don't think you were here before, and I thanked you for the for the back. People could keep those, right? Okay. And you're going to be supplied as often as needed. Okay, excellent. Good. It's a, it's a pretty big commitment, by the way. It's a, it's a solid commitment. So right, right away, right away. And uh, okay, incredible. Thank you. Also looks very nice. Okay. Stickies, maybe also like sticky notes. <laughs> just saying, make a little office depot over here. All right, so the Gemara, the Gemara goes like that. The Gemara says as follows: So we'll say. So remember again, the Gemara goes on. There's another way in which in which one's own admission is different than Eidos. Eidos at the end of the day, is subject to a chasha, which means contradicting Eidos, and hazama edim zomamin. Such a concept like that doesn't apply to one's own admission. So bottom line, what the Gemara is pointing out over here is that Bechia's entire argument is built, or his entire idea is built on equating one's own personal admission with ethos. Well, say at this point, but at this point, what the Gemara has shown is that they're really dissimilar. You really can't compare them. So therefore, switching gears. Shabbos and I watch this. In reality, what Rabbi Chia really means to say is he means to compare Eid Echad, the testimony of a single witness, ultimate with personal admission. Okay, so what's the argument? Here we go. So here's the argument. 
So we'll say eight echad, eight echad, which never requires, remember we'll say a testimony of an eight echad. Right? An eight echad comes and testifies about something. An eight echad can never make someone have to pay money. Yet what could the testimony of an eight echad do? Eid echad could generate an obligation for shvua. For shvua. So the Gemara says, Eidim shemechaivin also mamam. Eino din shemechaivin also shvua. So the Gemara, says, the Gemara now is reconstructing Rabbi Chia's argument. Rabbi Chia's argument is like this. An Eid echad who can never make you liable in a financial sense, but yet an Eid echad could generate an obligation for shvua. So then certainly two witnesses who can go ahead and make you liable financially could certainly go ahead and make you obligated in a say So again, let's just plug this back in. Same case, same case. Ruben says to Shimon, you owe me a thousand dollars. Shimon says, I owe you nothing. Witnesses come along and say, Ruben, you owe Ruben five hundred dollars. So now Rabbi Chia wants to suggest that based on the testimony of those witnesses, now Shimon has to take a Shavua on the remaining five hundred. What the Kavachomer? Just like an Eid Echad can't make you chayiv money but can make you chayiv a shvua. So then again, so then again, Allah has come of a kama. When two witnesses come, they can make you chayiv in money. And I'm sorry, who make you chayiv in money can certainly make you chayiv a shvua. Okay, so we'll say that, that's, the new, that's the new argument. So the Gemara goes weiter. So the Gemara says, uh, good. We'll say here's the difference. By an eid echad, how does it work? On what, so we'll say, so just, if you take a quick look at Rashi, Rashi says, before you turn the page, we'll say, in general, the way it works with an Eid Echad is, an Eid Echad causes you to take a Shavua on the matter in which he is testifying. So Eid Echad comes and gives information, right? I, I, don't, I, I contradict the Eid Echad. Ultimately, again, the testimony of the Eid Echad causes me to take a Shavua on that very same piece of information that he is testifying on. Yeah, top of Dalit. Tomar Be'edim Sha'amashu Kafar Hu Nishba. It's different, right? Because remember again in Rabbi Chia's case, what are the two Edim making me take a Shavua on? On the part that, I, that they're not testifying on. Remember again, we'll say in Rabbi Chia's case, what's happening? Right? One more time. Reuben says to Shimon, you owe me a thousand dollars. Shimon says, Shimon says, Shimon says, I owe you nothing. Witnesses show up and say that Ruben, Shimon, you owe Ruben $500. Now Rabbi Chia wants to suggest that therefore their testimony on the first 500 should trigger a Shavua on the second 500. So I'll say here's what's interesting. Now remember, are the first set of witnesses, are the, are the, are this, are the Edim, are they saying anything about the second 500? Nothing. Their testimony is totally about the first 500. Yet Rabbi Chia wants to make a jump to say, that just like an eight echad who can't obligate you in money obligates you in shvua, then certainly two witnesses who obligate you in money obligate you in shvua. But the Gemara says it's not a good comparison. An eight echad obligates you on shvua on the very matter that the aid is testifying. Over here, in this case, you want you want the testimony of the two aidim to generate the shvua on something they're not testifying about. In other words, if you go over to those two and you say, I, what about the second 500? What are those going to say to you? What are, those, what are they going to say to you? I don't know. We don't know anything about the second 500. We only know about what we testified. We testified the first 500. That, that, that's all we know about. To which the Gemara says, Allah, Amr Papa, Asimi Gilgul Shvua De'ed Echad. Surabas is very interesting. So Papa comes along and says, we're going to go ahead and bring it up as a matter of Gilgul Shvua from Eid Echad. What does this mean? Mali Gilgul Shvua De'ed Echad, Shekin Shvua Gorer Shvua, Tomar Be'edim Demamon Kamechaivi. Boss, I take a quick look at Rashi. Megilgul Shvua De'ed Echad. In this Chayiv Shvua Ayyidei Eid Echad, Kedarminon, Ba'ais Alav, Tain Acher Shlo Haisa Mutalas Alav Shvua, Megalgul and Oza Im Shvua Zos, so listen to this. There's a concept, we've seen this before. Gilgul Shvua. Gilgul Shvua was saying like this. Sometimes there's a particular matter of dispute over which we would like a person to take an oath, but we can't generate the halachic obligation for an oath. Gilgul Shvua says that essentially once you're already swearing about something, we can make that oath devolve upon other things that would have in and of themselves never generated an obligation for shvua. It's essentially kind of like, 
once we have you up there, you know, once you're taking the Shavuah, we'll extend that Shavuah upon anything. No, it's not anything. It's only certain matters. So watch this. The Lord says, therefore, like this. So by Echad, here's what's interesting. So just like an Eid Echad could generate an obligation for Shavuah, once you're swearing about that particular matter, we could extend that Shavuah over other things as well. Tomar be'idim be'mamon kamechayvim. So we'll say, certainly again, by Edim, who obligate you in Mammon, certainly they can obligate you in other forms of Shua as well. To which the Gemara says, Piv Yochiyach, so we can bring a ride from Piv, Male Piv Shekin Enabachasha. You can't compare that, you can't compare one's own admission, Warabosai, because one's own admission is not subject to Achasha. Eidechad Yochiyach Sheyeshna Bachasha Machayva Bashvua. Say Eidechad will prove the point, because Eidechad is subject to Achasha, and yet obligates you in Shua. Male Eidechad Shekin Amashameh, who Nishpa. Eid Echad is different, why about Because Eid Echad generates a Shavua on the manner in which he's testifying. I, but by Eidim in general, again, I will say, by Rebbechia's case, you want the litigant to swear on the matter that the Eidim are not testifying about. So I will say, we're, we're stuck in a bit of a circle over here. To which the Gemara says, you're right. The Chazra Din, Lo so Rabbi say all of these things, all of these things are not really fully comparable. So Rabbi say in general, here's what's interesting. In the Gemara, when you have a number of things that are not fully comparable, but at the end of the day, do have kind of like a common denominator, what we do is like this. We say, Zat So Rabbi say Tzad is like a common denominator. What's the common denominator here? Sha'al yedei ta'ina u'kfira hein ba'in v'nishba. Both say the common denominator here is there's a claim, there's a claim, and then there's a denial. So where there's a claim and then a denial, that generates shvua. Av ani avi edim. So Trabosa I'll bring the case of Edim. Back to Rebchia's case. Ruvain says to Shem, you owe me a thousand dollars. Shimon says, I don't owe you anything. Witnesses come along and say, you owe five hundred. Rebchia wants to suggest that should generate. Shimon's obligation to swear on the remaining 500. Rebbe say, why? There are ultimately, there's a taina, there's a claim, there's a kfira, there's a denial, and therefore, Rebbe say, the common denominator between piv, eid echad, and now shnei eidim, is that ultimately, again, that should generate a shvua on the rest. So Rebbe say, so pause here for just a second. So Rebbe say, what Imar wants to suggest is like this. We have a strong common denominator between eid echad, and between modeb and mikdash, your own, your, your own, your own partial omission, partial denial. What's the common denominator? There's a claim, there's a denial, and ultimately, again, that results in a shvua on the part that you're denying. The Gemara says, let's take that same common denominator and apply it to Rabbi Chia's case. Because Rabbi Chia's case, there's a claim. What's the claim? Ruven says to Shimon, you owe me a thousand dollars. There's a denial. What's the denial? What's the denial? Shimon says, I owe you zero. Then what happens? Witnesses come and say, Shimon, you owe 500. Okay, so now that should generate an obligation to swear on the remaining 500. That's it. To which the Gemara says, one second. I will say now, truth is maybe, maybe the common denominator between Hodas Asmo, right? Admission and Eid Echad is Lohoksa Kafran. See, I will say maybe the common denominator is that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the guy is not established to be a liar. Tomar be'edim kafran. So I will say, in the case of the Edim, Rabbi Chia's case, right? Reuven says, you owe me a thousand. Shimon says, I owe you nothing. Witnesses show up and say that Shimon owes Reuven 500. I will say, essentially, Shimon has been established as a liar, right? As a liar. Why? Because there's witnesses. There are witnesses that say that he owes 500. So I will say, so that's different than the other two cases of Eid Echad. Or, again, or, or, Admission or Omodu Mitzas, is fascinating. So I'll say, but even when witnesses show up, is Ruben, is Shimon still established as a, as a lawyer? After Abbas says, it's actually an incredible halacha. From Rav Idibar Avan Anachista, Hakofer Bemilva, Kashrela Edus, Bebikadon Paslaidus. So I'll say, this is actually fascinating. If, if, if Ruben goes over to Shimon and Ruben says to Shimon, you owe me, you owe me a thousand dollars, I lent you money, you owe me money. And Shimon says, I don't know you anything. And witnesses come along and testify. Well, let's keep it a simple case. Witnesses come along and say, Shimon is chayef for the full thousand dollars. So you'd say, what's Shimon's status in halacha? What's his status? What's his status? Right? He's a liar. 
right? He's, he's a liar, right? He lied. He lied. They will say, what are the halachic ramifications of being a liar? Right? Certainly you can't be acceptable as a witness or things like that. So the says, if you are caught lying, total denial about a loan that you're obligated on, you're not established as a kafran. You're not established as a liar. They'll say, now why is that? It's because that's what we saw in yesterday's death. They'll say, people deny loans. But why do people deny loans? Not because they don't plan on paying it back. Rather, why? They're trying to buy themselves time. Trying to buy themselves time. That was not the Gemara. Right? I'm going to pay back. I, just, I don't have the money now. I don't have the money now. So instead of saying I don't have the money now, which doesn't make me look very good, I'd rather just say I don't know. But I don't really need to. It's fascinating. This is built into the halacha. Built into the halacha that when you deny, fully deny a loan, at the end of the day, you are not considered, you're not what we call chuchsak kafra. Now again, I don't know that you should do business such as a person like this, right? It might not be the best idea, but from a halachic perspective, we would be able to still accept testimony from a person like this, as opposed to, we'll say, a pikadon, as opposed to a deposit, right? If Ruben deposited his watch, right? His watch with Shimon, and he claims the deposit. He says, gave back my Rolex, right? And what happens? And Shimon says, Rolex, Rolex, I never had it. You never deposit Rolex. So let's say so. And then witnesses come along and say, you did have the Rolex. He is a kafir. And we'll say, in that case, now he is an established liar. Why? We'll say, because there's a fundamental difference between pikadon and loan. Right? Milva lahotzan nitna. A loan is made to be used. A pikadon is not made to be used. It's made to be guarded. It's made to be washed. So we'll say, if you lie about a pikadon, then you are a liar. Ela parachachi. Right? The Gemara says, ask the following question. Ask the following question. We'll say maybe the common denominator between admission, what we call hodas atzma modibamiktas, and eidachad, is that they're not subject to hazama. We'll say right, hazama is the is the process of of reciprocity by Aiden, right? Hazama. So the Gemara Satar by Aiden Sheshna Bataras Hazama. Witnesses, yet again, Shtei Edim are subject to Hazama. The Gemara says, Halo, Kasher, Bichia, Taras, Hazama, Loparach. The Bichia is not bringing up Hazama. He's not bringing up Hazama. Ela, Dika, Amar, Fitana, Tuna, Midami. So we'll say, furthermore, again, we brought up, we wanted to suggest that our case in the Mishnah is like the case of Rabbi Chia, to which the Gemara says, How can you really compare the two cases at the end of the day? Hasam, Lamalva, Isle, Sahadi, Lelova, Lesle, Sahadi, Dilo, Masik, Le, Vilomidi. We'll say, how can you compare the case of Rabbi Chia to the case of our Mishnah? Because at the end of the day, in the case of our Mishnah, in the case of Rabbi Chia, the lender has witnesses, the borrower has no witnesses, right? Because like, obviously, if the borrower had no witnesses, had no, I'm sorry, if the borrower had witnesses, he would never come to take a Shavuot. In other words, we'll say, you say to yourself, how does a borrower have witnesses that he didn't borrow money. So let's say you could, you could claim very easily, you could claim again, essentially if the lender is saying, if the lender ultimately is going ahead and saying that halacha lamaisa, if the lender is saying that halacha lamaisa, I lent you money on a certain date, and let's say again, the borrower has a different claim that he was away on that day. So obviously we're talking about a case where the lender doesn't have witnesses. So if the lender did have witnesses, he wouldn't be in this whole shibua situation to begin with. To which the Gemara says, hacha, I will say in the case of our Mishnah, there are witnesses. How are there witnesses? We'll say in the case of our Mishnah, essentially there is testimony. I will say, what's the testimony? The testimony is that each party is holding on to their side of the talus. Right? Holding on to the side of the talus is effectively testimony that says, you own this part. And you own this part. And yet, Rabbi say, even with all of that testimony, both parties are still obligated to go ahead and, to go ahead and swear. Rabbi say, take a look, a quick look at Rashi. Three lines down on the wide lines. Anan Sahadi Baha'i. Lahai Rashi says, Dechetz Yashalov. V'lama Hitzrichua Chacham Shvua. Shmamina Taima Lab Mishumode Mixas Atanu Krevichia. Ve'ena Shvua Da'oraisa. So now watch this. Let, let's just pause here for just a second. So we'll say, here's what we have, right? Here's what we have. We have Rabbi Chia's statement, right? And so we've kind of, we've kind of like unraveled that a little bit and gotten to a good place with that, right? Rabbi Chia ultimately is telling us, one more time, Ruben lends a thousand, thousand dollars to Shimon. Comes to Shimon, gain back my money. Shimon says, I owe you nothing. 
Witnesses come along and, witnesses come along and say, you owe 500. Rabbi Chia wants to say that based on the testimony of the witnesses that owe 500, that triggers a Shavua for the remaining 500. The remaining 500, and Rabbi Chia says, because this should be, because this case of Eidos should be no less strong than the case of Hodaz Atzmo. Then the case ultimately again of 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 admission or at least a partial admission. Modiba mixtas, just like modiba mixtas generates an obligation for shvua, so to Eidos should generate an obligation for shvua. So we've gone through a whole thing about what is Rabbi Chia saying. So it sounds like at the end of Rabbi Chia is really saying is he's really comparing it to Eid Echad or Atzara Shava. Okay, however we resolve that. Now we're transitioning to the next piece, which says and Rabbi Chia brings a raya from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah supports this same concept. This same concept. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, I don't understand, the, the Gemara does not go ahead and really support this concept, right? Because Rabbi Chia's case is only where there's Eidos for the lender, but no Eidos for the borrower, right? Our case of the Mishnah of Osai, is essentially, there's Eidos for both. There's Eidos, right? Remember again, we'll say, what's the case of our Mishnah? Shnai Moks and Metalis. Rubin and Shur are both holding on to the cloak. We'll say, how do we view that case? We view that case essentially as both Rubin and Shimon having Eidos. They both have testimony. They We view it as if, now, we'll say, what's the testimony? The testimony is by dint of the fact that they're both holding on to the Talis. So when I see Reuven holding on to the talus, there's Eidos that it's his. Shimon's holding on to the talus, there's Eidos that there's his. And I will say, and yet, what's Talacha? So what's Talacha Mishnah? What's Talacha Mishnah? Yachloku, but remember, Yachloku not without what? Not without a Shavua. Not without a Shavua. So I will say, in reality, that's different than Rabbi Chia's case. Right? Because again, Rabbi Chia's case, if the borrower had Eidos, if he had Eidos, then there would be no Shavua. Right, the only reason there is a shua is because the lender has partial testimony and the borrower has no testimony. In our case, both have testimony, yet both swear, which indicates to us that our Mishnah is nothing like Rabbi Chia's case. Ella, so we'll say, watch this, here we go. Ella, ki etmar vitanatuna a'idach Rabbi Chia, you're right. When Rabbi Chia said that the Mishnah supports his claim, he wasn't talking about our Mishnah. He was talking about a different Mishnah. We'll say, get ready for this. We'll say, get, get ready. Get ready. We'll say, if you need to restock on the pastries, thank you very much again for that. We'll say, so again, I'm sorry? Sit, say again. No, no, I'm good. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Ella ki itmar, we'll say, get ready for this. Rather, when the Gemara says, when the Gemara says that Rabbi Chia brings us support from our Mishnah, He's talking about another Mishnah. Get, get ready. The Rabbi Chia, it's it's either Rabbi Chia. I'm Rabbi Chia. Here we go. Get ready. Ruvain says to Shimon, "You owe me a thousand dollars." Vahala Omer ein lecha biyadi elanon, and Shimon says, "I only have five hundred." Vehelich. I will say helich. I will say helich. Helich. Just to give you, this is a major, major sodya. Helich. So I will say so. My, my, my sons, my son went out in, in, in BMG, they, they just finished the Sugya of Halech. I think they spent about three months on it. And this is a major, major Sugya in Shas. We're going to spend four minutes, right? <laughs> we're, but, but again, because we're only going to go with Rashi's idea of Halech. But I just, I feel compelled. Like you could write this down in your notebook. Major Shas Sugya here that Shmuel Silver totally glossed over. Right, so you can, and you can keep a running list of those, right? So again, I, I just, I feel compelled to point it out to you over here. This is a major, major sugya, major sugya. But again, we're just going to go kind of quickly with the, with the approach of Rashi in this. So we'll say, so here we go. So here's the case. Ruben says to Shimon, you owe me $1,000. Shimon says, I only owe you 500 vehelich. And we'll say, now vehelich means, literally translate, how translate vehelich? And take it. And take it. Or, or here it is, it's yours. It's yours. Now look at Rashi. Ve'helech. Rashi says, Lo hotseisim ve'hein shalach ve'chomakom shehein. Okay, so Rashi says like this. Rashi says, the way that, that this case is set up is as follows. In general, we have a concept of when you lend money to someone, milvo v'hotsanit. No, right? Essentially, you give a loan to someone, that money becomes the property of the borrower. 
money of the property of the borrower. And it really becomes his money totally during the entire duration of the loan. The case of Halach according to Rashi, it was where the borrower says to the lender, I never even used the money. The money that you gave me, the actual money that you gave me, is still extant. Essentially, it never left your rishus. It's yours. It's, it's yours. Wherever, wherever the money is, it's yours. That's Halach. I never, I never even used it. I never used it. And it's not Rashi. I never used the money. And therefore the money, the money literally still, it belongs to you. It's in your domain. You, you lender wherever the money might be. Might be. So we'll say, so now watch this case. So one more time. So Ruben goes over to Shimon. Ruben says to Shimon, you owe me a thousand dollars. Shimon says, first of all, I only owe you 500. That's number one. And number two, I never even used the money. Halich, right? It's yours. It's yours, right? The, the money is back in your rishos. I never, I never even touch, I never even took it. Okay, so the Gemara says, "Vehelech, what's talacha? Chayiv." Ultimately, again, Rashi says, "Chayiv v'shava al ashar." So I will say, ultimately, in this case, Shimon is going to be obligated to square remaining the, the remaining the remaining five hundred. For lo aminon, so I will say, we don't say for lo aminon. Hanin tekamodili begavayu hove isnu beinayo kiman dinakit le demand dinakit lo dami elikishar modimitzas. Okay, this is so exciting. So I will say, now watch this. At first glance, you see this case, you're like, okay, this is a mode of the mixos case, right? So we'll say, here's the novelty. You might have thought that because Shimon the borrower is saying Halach, saying Halach, and he's saying essentially like, I never even utilized the loan money, maybe it's not mode of the mixos. Maybe it's not mode of the mixos. In other words, maybe we'll say what he's saying is, here's the loan, it's complete admission, it's complete admission, and that this is not a case of mode of the mixos. What's mode of the mixos? Mode makes us is to begin with, I utilize the loan. We have a dispute about the amount of the loan. In this case over here, one might have thought, one might have thought that since the actual loan money itself is extant, that this is a different kind of case. And it's not Mode makes us. Kamash Malan the Gimara says, Rabbi Chia says, no, even though the lender is borrower saying, hey, look, here's the money. I never even used it. It's still called Mode makes us. It's as if you admitted 500, denied the other 500, and therefore you have to swear on the remaining 500 as well. My time, what's the reason? Because Rabbi Chia says, Halach is like a regular case of Mod Bemiktas. Regular case of Mod Bemiktas. Vitana Tuna. So I was saying, okay, so that, that, that's Rabbi Chia's statement. Vitana Tuna. Furthermore, again, our Mishnah supports this idea. How so? Shnaim Och Simbitalis. Right, we'll say so again. Our Mishnah supports that same idea. I vaha hacha kevan detafis anan sadi demai detafis heilechu vekatani yeshava. So we'll say now. Watch this. So we want to suggest our Mishnah supports this very idea. Why? Because we'll say, listen to this. When you have two people holding the talis, Imer wants to suggest maybe when Ruvain's holding his part, he's claiming his part, and he essentially says heilech. To the part that Shimon's holding. And Shimon holds his part, and he says, Halich, to the part that Ruben's holding, and yet what? They still have to take a Shua. So Rabbi Chia is using our Mishnah to back up his position on Halich. So I will say, absolutely incredible. Take a quick look at Rashi. Fitana Tuna, Kasaka Rashi says, Kasaka suggesting over here, our Mishnah should be just like a case of Halich. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Rav Shesha says, Halich Potter. Rav Shesha says, no. I will say in this case over here, going back to the case of Halich, case of Halich itself, right? Ruben lends Shimon $1,000. Ruben comes back to Shimon, gave back my money. Shimon says, here's 500 Halich. I only borrowed 500. And the 500 that I borrowed, it's extant. It's there. Take it. It's yours. It's yours. So ultimately, again, Rav Shesha says, Shimon is potter. He's potter from any subsequent Shavuah. Why? He says, Halich potter, my time. Kevin the Amr Halich. Because it's fascinating. Essentially, what Rosh says is like this. In the case of Halach, 
we view as if now the this is a self-contained, self-contained admission. And therefore, because the money is extant, therefore the lender acquires it wherever it is. And therefore, again, the additional 500 is a separate claim. It's a separate claim. And therefore, this is not a mode modi. With the additional 500, additional 50, ultimately, again, Shimon is not admitting anything. Hilchach, leka hodas miktas Therefore, there's no mode to be mixtas. So, again, just what's happening over here. So, just, just to be clear, there's kind of two, two things happening. Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia is bringing up the case of Helech, and Rabbi Chia holds that Helech is like mode to mixtas, and therefore you're going to be chayiv shvu on the remaining 500. And he brings a raya to that from our Mishnah. He treats our Mishnah almost like a case of Helech. Case of Helech. Then he brings up the position of Shesh. says, no, 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 no. Helech is not Mode Bemiktas, not Mode Bemiktas at all. In fact, in the case of Helech, where Allah Chalamaisa, the original money is extant, the lender acquires that money wherever it is, and there's no Mode Bemiktas, there's no partial admission. Essentially, what Rabshesha says is like this when the original loan money is still in existence, that's a different kind of case. It's just a different kind of case. That's Helech, no Mode Bemiktas, and of course, no comparison to our Mishnah. Incredible, Ulur Rabsheshas, Kashi Masnisen. I, what, Rav, what, does, what would Rav Sheshes do with the Mishnah? So Rav Sheshes will say, no, no, no. The Shvu'ah of our Mishnah, of Osai, is a Takana Sechamim. Right? We saw this on the top of Daf Gimel, right? In yesterday's Daf. Rav Sheshes, remember again, Pasha Shat, how do you understand the, the Shvu'ah in our Mishnah? The Shvu'ah in our Mishnah is a rabbinic enactment. For what purpose? For what purpose? That people shouldn't go around grabbing each other's stuff, saying, it belongs to me. See, I say, remember again, can you imagine a world in which you can go over to someone's cloak, grab it and say, oh, I need me to say the kula shali. And I'll say, and what do you get? And, and what does the halacha say? Okay. Right? And we just split it. We need that shvua because otherwise, again, it's complete chaos. The idach, Rabbi Chia will say, in, takanas chachamim hi, so I'll say, Rabbi Chia will agree, yes, I also agree that the shvua or mishal takanas chachamim, however, umiyu, so like this. If you say that Midaraisa, Helech, is Chayv in a Shvua like Modib makes us, then Midiktani Rabban and Shvua Kein Daraisa. Then I will say it makes sense that the rabbis instituted the Mishnah, the, the Shvua in our Mishnah, because our Mishnah refer, resembles a Helech case. And I will say in general, Rabbinic Shvuos are modeled after Biblical Shvuos. So you have a Biblical Shvua of Helech. And then the Shavuah of our Mishnah is modeled after that biblical Shavuah. The Gemara says, however, But if you say that Midaraisa, Helech is Pater, like Rabbi Chia wants us, like, sorry, like Rav Sheshus wants to suggest, then Then ultimately, again, the Rabbi is going to enact a Shavuah that does not have a comparable model Midaraisa. So may say anyone is like Hashem Slaim. Amud days I will say Amud days Slaim Dinarim. Shabbos is a very interesting case. Let's say Ruvain Lane lends Shimon money. He lends Shimon money. There's only one problem. I'll say one, one minor detail, which is they did not write the amount in the document. So all it says is that Ruvain lent Slaim to Shimon. Yeah, that's what he wrote. So the Gemara says Malva Omer Chamesh Velove Amashalosh. So the lender says, I lent you five slaim, and the borrower says, I only borrowed three. So we'll say, what's the halacha? So I'm shivim in Allah's Omer, hodil vahodem miksas atani yishama. It's modem miksas. Modem miksas. The claim is for five. The claim is for five. The admission is for three. This is modem miksas. So we'll say, what's the halacha? Modem miksas. So again, you pay what you, what you pay, what you admitted to, and what? You swear on the rest. You swear on the rest. And the Kira Rebbe says, no. Rabbi Akiva says, no, this is not a case of mode of us. Rather, what is this? This is a case of returning, returning stolen property. What does that mean? Or returning lost property. Rabbi Akiva says this, come on. Based on the document, what is Ruben obligated to? I'm sorry, what is Shimon? Right? Ruben is the lender, Shimon is the borrower, right? So remember, what does the document say? The document says that Ruben lent Sloim to Shimon. Now Ruben comes along and says, I owe you five. I owe you five. Right? Sorry. Ruben comes along and says, you owe me five. Shimon comes along and says, I owe you three. So 
Rabbi Akiva was so say, now what's that lochal? So Rabbi Rabbi says, Modu Miksas, partial admission. So pay what you admitted to, swear on the rest. Rabbi Akiva says, no, 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 no. Shimon doesn't have to swear on anything. Why? Because what's in reality, he's like returning lost property. What does that mean? I will say, based on the document itself, what is Shimon going to be obligated to pay? Two. Right? Because two is the minimum definition, ultimately, of slime. Now he's, he's admitting that he owes three. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. In other words, he doesn't have to admit to anything above and beyond two. The fact that he's already admitting to three, that's, Gemara calls that, that's like returning lost property. Okay. Katani so what do you see from here? Rosh Hashanah says, this is the case of Modu B'Miksas, Taima Da'amar Shalosh. Now the reason he has to go ahead and swear on the rest is because he said three. Now what's here is what's interesting, Ha'amar Shtayim Pater. Now what's here, interestingly enough, according to Rosh Hashanah sounds like the reason it's Modu B'Miksas is because he admitted three. Had he admitted two, it sounds like he wouldn't have to swear I the hashtar de kamodibe heilechu. Now we'll say this star almost could be compared to a case of heilech. Why is it a case of heilech? Because we'll say at the end of the day you have a star that does say that he owes two. And that star is extend. That star is there. Ushmamina heilech pater. See, see from the kind of Shemin Lazar, had he admitted two, he wouldn't have to swear on the rest. The reason he has to swear because he admitted three, then it becomes modem amixos. But had it been two, he wouldn't swear because two is backed up by the star. That's like Halech. And from here you see that Halech is Pater and Shavua. All right, well, it's an interesting argument. In reality, even had he admitted two, ultimately he would be Shalosh. I so why did he bring up a case of three? The only reason we brought up the case of three is to exclude the position of Rabbi Akiva, right? Rabbi Akiva says that if when you admit three, it's like returning lost property, and of course you're not having any kind of shua for the rest. So Rabbi Shimon Allah brings up the case of three in order to go ahead and refute the position of Rabbi Akiva. Kamash Malon, so if Kamash Malon, Rabbi Shimon says, no, this is the case of Mode Mixas and your Chayiv. So Gemara says, okay, Ihachi, Rabbi Shimon Alazar Omer, how will the Hode Mixas Atani Yeshava, Af Ze Yeshava Mibayle? So we'll say that's the case. Rabbi Shimon Alazar shouldn't say, because he was Mode Mixas, your Chayiv and a Shavu, it should say, even in this case, you have to swear. Elohi Olam, Shtayin Pater. So we'll say, rather, in reality, what you have to say is like this. In reality, had Rabosei, had Ruvain just admitted, sorry, had Shimon just admitted, I'm chayiv to slaim, case closed, right? You can't generate a shivua for the rest because at the end of the day, that's what the document supports. The helich chayiv. And in reality, helich would generally be chayiv a shivua. So why is this case different? The shiny hacha, the kamasai lishtara. So Rabosei, here's what's interesting. Even if normally you would say that Helech is Helech is Helech is Chayav in the Shavua, because Helech is like Modim us, this case is different. I will say, why is this case different? Because if Ruvain admits to two slaim, and you have a Shtar that says that Ruvain lent slaim to Shimon, there's no claim. There's no claim. I will say, the minimum definition of slaim is two. Shimon is admitting to two. The Shtar backs up that admission, case closed. Case closed. Sigmar says, Inami, we shouldn't have a star, she would carcos. Further, again, I will say in general, whenever you have a star, write the loan document. Loan document goes ahead and creates a lien on real property. And I will say generally, we don't lie regarding any denial of a claim that involves real property. So I will say, fine. So others reframe this entire conversation in a different way, basically on the Sefer. So what did the Sefer say? Rabbi Kiva says, So going back to the case we saw before, right? This was the case we mentioned before, right? Ruben goes ahead and lends money to Shimon. They have a document that says Ruben lent Sloim to Shimon. Ruben comes along and says, you owe me five Sloim. Shimon says, I owe you three. I owe you three. Says Machlokes. Rishon Alazah says, pay the three, swear on the two, on the two remaining ones. Rabbi Kiva says, absolutely not. 
All Ruben was on the hook for it to begin with was what? Was what? Two. Because that's what's backed up by the star. The fact that he says three, that's like returning lost property. He can't hold him accountable for anything else. So we'll say, now watch this. Rabbi Akiva says, when he admits three, it's like returning lost property. And he's putter on the rest. Time of Dhamma Shalosh. Now the reason, according to Rabbi Akiva, why he's putter on the rest is because he admitted to three. I was about to say, what the Gemara is intrigued by over here is, why did you set this up as a case of three? Hashtayim Chayiv. It sounds like if he only admitted two, he would be chayiv a shivua on the rest, like Motiv and Mikzas, to which the Gemara says, the Hashtar came in the Kamodi Dami. And I will say, since he has a star, and everyone's admitting to the, to the existence of the star, this should be a, like a case of Halech. And what do you see from here? Shmamina Halech Chayiv. Going back to the Machlokis before, it's clear that Halech ultimately again is going to be Chayiv, because Halech is treated like a case of Motiv and Mikzas. In reality, I would say that what, even in a case where he admits to, to slime, he's still potter, so why does it bring up a case of three? So I will say this comes to a school of Shemin Alazar, because the Shemin Alazar says when he admits three, that becomes a case of modu mixas, pay what you said you're liable to, and swear on the rest. Say, Rabbi said, the Gemara is coming along, Rabbi Kiv is coming along to say, no, this is a case of Meshiv Aveda, this is a case of like returning lost property, and you are put, you don't have to swear on anything. Rabbi said, this seems to be clear. Because Rabbi said, at the end of the day, you would say that if he swore to, if he, if he admitted to, that he'd be chayiv a shvua on the rest, then how could you say that he'd be patr if he made, if he claimed three? A person could easily exploit that. They could say, So we'll say, if I admit that I owe two, that's going to generate the shvua. So I have a better idea. I'll just admit that I owe three. It'll be like returning lost property. And I'll be exempt. Rather than say, what you have to say is that Allah Lamaisa, even though they went ahead and they quoted it in a case of three, Lamaisa again, even in a case of two, Rabbi Akiva would still say ultimately again that you are that you are Potter on the Shua. Okay. So you must Rabbi Khiya. I Rabbi say, what do you do with Rabbi Khiya? Right? Rabbi Khiya again, Rabbi Khiya who said that Halikh, you're Chayev in a Shua, Shani Hasan the Kamasai Lishdara. We'll say this case is different. Why? Because in this case, again, the, the borrower has a shtar that backs up his skin. Remember, again, the whole problem with this case is all you have in the shtar is that what? That Ruvain lent Shimon Sloim. Sloim. In Nayimushim, the Havidei Shtar, Shibut Karkos. Furthermore, again, I will say, furthermore, you have a shtar. Shtar creates a minor real property. And in general, we don't create the Shua situation in any case where there is a denial of real property. So I will say, so let's, let's, let's regroup a little bit over here because this was a gem-packed daf. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff unfolding over here. So I will say, so, so remember again, here's what we, here are the takeaways. Here are the takeaways so far from today's daf. So first again, I will say, we kind of brought, I mean, not really, but kind of brought like a little bit of closure on Rabbi Chia's statement. Again, remember, what was Rabbi Chia's statement? Rabbi Chia was that, Rabbi Chia was that you have a case ultimately of, right? Ruben lent $1,000 to Shimon. Ruben comes to claim his debt. Shimon says, Shimon says, I owe you nothing. Witnesses come along and say, you owe 500. You owe 500. So many, what did Rabbi Chia say? So obviously, Shimon has to pay the first 500. And then again, Rabbi Chia suggests that Shimon has to take a shvua on the remaining 500. The remaining 500. And I will say, and by the way, that's how the Ramah Paskins. That is the Allah of the Ramah Paskins. Now, Rabbi Chia said, because again, because again, testimony, or I should say, Hoda'as Piv, admission should be no greater than testimony. Now, I will say, so now we spent a significant amount of time trying to figure out 
what exactly is Rabbi Chia comparing it to? In other words, what are the comparisons? So is he comparing it ultimately again to Moldeb Amixas? Is he comparing it ultimately again to Eid Echad? What is he comparing it to? So then we spend a significant amount of time dealing with that particular issue as well. Fine. We'll say, we also went ahead and spoke about the idea. Interest, just nuggets to take away. Nuggets, number one, that if you go ahead and somebody entrusted you with a Pikadon, and you claim that you never had the Pikadon, and it turns out that you're a liar, then you're a liar. And you're, you've lost your credibility for Eidos. Yet, denial of a loan, denial of a loan, does not make you into a kafran, does not make you into a liar. Why not? Even though witnesses come along and say you do all the money, why? Because we assume that when people deny a loan, it's still their intention to pay it back. They're just trying to buy themselves time. Excellent. But we'll say the next piece we saw, the next piece we saw, uh, what was the next piece we saw? Good. So I'll say the next piece we saw was the following. Again, and I'll say I want to point out all of this sugya is all rabichia. Right? We, we, I, I'm... It's all still in Rabbi Chia. So the boss said, the next then like appendage of Rabbi Chia discussion we spoke about was Helech. Was Helech. That in a case where, say all the same cases, Ruvain says to Shimon, I lent you a thousand dollars. Shimon says, Shimon says, Shimon says, you only lent me 500, the Helech. We're just going with Rashi's interpretation of Helech. What does Helech mean? I agree, you lent me 500. I never even touched the 500. Here it is in its extent form, in its extant form, and leave me alone. Leave me alone. I don't know anything else. So both say, Sinel, the Shaila is, what is Helech? Is Helech Modeba Mixas or not? Machlok is Rabbi Chia and Rav Sheshas. Rabbi Chia treats Helech as Modeba Mixas. Rav Sheshas says that Helech is not Modeba Mixas. And both say, then the Gemara went ahead and brought in another case. What was the other case? Sla'im Dinarim. Ruvain lent Shimon money, and it says in the document, Ruvain lent Shimon sloim. What happens? Ruvain, Ruvain comes along to collect the debt. Ruvain says, you owe me five sloim. Shimon says, I only owe you three. What's that case? Machlok is from Shimon Elazar and Rabbi Akiva. Shimon Elazar says, Modem Mixas. Modem Mixas. Rabbi Akiva says, are you out of your mind? That's not Modem Mixas. That's Nishim Aveda. Because since at the end of the day, all the document could obligate the borrower to is two because it doesn't have an amount in it, any additional amounts ultimately is Kameshir Aveda. The Gemara then on Ahmed base spent the rest of the time trying to read in the respective positions of Rabbi Chia and Rav Sheshis of Halech into that Gemara. We left, okay, so I said, that's kind of where we left off with this. We'll pick up a Be'er Tashem tomorrow with this Sum Sugya. And again, I just want to point out, all of this is still Rabbi Chia. Again, this is all in the same case of Rabbi Chia and Gimel Ahmed Aleph, I'll say, Emir Hashem, tomorrow, tomorrow, I promise you closure. I promise, not, not on all your life problems, but I'll say, but, but at least on Rabbi Chia, on Gimel, on Madara, I'll say, what a journey, what an adventure. I know that it's a lot. If you have not yet claimed your Daf Yomi Nopo and Pan and I'll say, please, please, please take it. Write down the nuggets, write down the notes, write down the Yisodos. Say, Shkayach.